0: everybody ought to know everybody ought to know amen everybody ought to know not not my anniversary but everybody ought to know jesus amen this <laughs> been one of these. everybody ought to know him 288 is our opening him let's sing along everybody lord jesus thank you for this afternoon service lord i pray that you be with the message that you have for us tonight yes, be yes, with the remaining remaining singing be with the special lord i just pray that you would guide us and direct us as we uh, continue the rest of this day and into the rest of this week lord i love you thank you for my salvation in jesus name i pray amen. amen amen and amen and as we continue we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 140 hymn 140 this should be a personal testimony of every born again believer We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today, amen. He lives, he lives. 140, 140, 140, he lives. I serve a risen Savior.
1: seated. We're awful glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming and being a part of our afternoon two o'clock service. Don't forget this Saturday, soul winning at 9.30 in the morning. We're going to go out and knock doors, encourage folks to come, pass out tracts. Those aren't on uh, that are not home, we'll hang something on their door. Those that are home, we're going to talk to them about the Lord. Amen. So be praying this week that God will lead us to people who want to be saved. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that within a 20-mile radius of this building, there's somebody right now wanting to be saved? Do you think the Holy Spirit is real? Do you think the Holy Spirit knows everything? Do you think the Holy Spirit knows where they live? So then if we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us there, do you think he'll do it? So let's do that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to those who are already under conviction, wanting to be saved. Amen. Now, again, we want to thank all the men and ladies that came out and worked yesterday inside the building, outside the building, all the things that were done. We really want to thank you for all that work. By the way, literally, you're saving us thousands upon thousands of dollars of God's money that we would have had to expend in order to take care of all these things. Thank you so much for that. Don't forget that this next Saturday at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon uh, in the Fellowship Hall, we'll be having a uh, baby shower for Lexi Clark uh, that's coming up, and maybe or maybe not. The baby may be there, may not be there, <laughs> amen. Uh, and so be praying for her as she's trying to hold it off, amen. And then don't forget tomorrow night is a men's and ladies Bible study at 645. Men's and ladies Bible study at 645. Uh, Fellows, be here just a little early, carry the food in, amen, help the ladies get that food in, then you can eat it, amen, and enjoy that. That's what Baptists do best, uh, is eat, and then uh, I want to encourage you to stay for the Bible study, too. That'll be coming up uh, afterwards at 645. Preacher, you come.
2: Let's have a good offering, and if you didn't have a chance to give today, we're going to give you another opportunity to do that, so please let me encourage you. Uh, to do so let's pray for our offering dear father we thank you lord for uh, your goodness to us thank you god for your manifold blessings i pray god that we will uh, take your blessings lord and not use them upon ourselves, but god use them uh, for the furtherance of the cause of christ lord in our life and here in this place and so lord we pray uh, father that you'd please bless this offering bless the gift and the giver and we'll give you praise and glory for it all because it's in jesus name i pray amen if you have an offering you please come Thank you.
0: Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 323, hymn 323. Three, verily, 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 hymn 323. wonderful grace of our Lord. Amen. So we're going to turn and after this hymn, we want you to greet each other. Wonderful grace of Jesus. That's the only way we, we were able to obtain everlasting life. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Hymn 324. Hymn 324. Hymn 324. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Sing along. Oh. How can I say thanks for the things he has done for me, things so undeserved, uh, yet he gave to prove his love to me the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude all that I am or ever hope to be I owe it all to thee to God be the glory save me with his power he has raised me to God be the glory for the things he has done just let me live my life let it be pleasing Lord to thee And if I gain any praise let it go to Calvary. By his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things for the power, for the blood, for the things He has done.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Shelton. Exodus chapter nine. And before you, uh, before you stand, let's <clears throat> do a couple of things. A couple of things. One. You know, while he was singing that song, I thought, I've never heard a song that I can recall that has been sung that uh, has placed salvation alongside of baptism or good works. I've never heard a song that has been sung that said, I thank God for the, for the water, you know, or, or, or for my works. It's all been around the blood. I mean, think about it. I, I've never heard a song like that. If you have, come let me know, uh, because I, I've never heard anything like that, you know? So, I mean, that ought to tell you something right there, but I'm thankful for that. All right, here's what we want to do. Uh, it's Thanksgiving month. I want to if get, uh, let's have two or three testimonies that, uh, that and you if you can think of uh, two things, just two, that you're thankful for. Okay, don't, I know you got more. Oh, go ahead, Kevin, go ahead and stand up.
1: I'm thankful for God. Yep, family, yep. I'm thankful for my friends and uh, just the people who are
2: kind of around me. Amen, amen. That was three, but that's okay. He's in college, you know. You know. Extra yeah, credit. Oh, extra credit, there you go. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Go ahead, Ms. Sharon. I thank the Lord for the cross. Amen. Amen. amen, amen. Very good. Amen. Hey, amen, man. amen. Good. Very good. That's good.
0: That's good.
2: That's good. Amen. Thank you, Monsieur. All right, next somebody else. Go ahead, Brother Frank. I'm
0: thankful for. Um, if you grow up in church, you kind of realize this, but the sacrifice that other people make so that I could go to a church,
2: right? So you hear
0: the gospel. Yeah. Definitely Amen, hey.
2: amen, thank you, Brother Frank, amen, amen, one more, go ahead, Brother Brandon. I'm thankful for the Saturday program that put a pamphlet on my door that brought me to the other thing. Hey. Amen, hey. 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 very good, hey, amen, you know, um, God's plan always works, you know, going, That's all. that's all it is, just got to go, all right, Exodus chapter 9, all right, well, we've got all month to do that, so just, you know. Don't sit silent, you know, I was, and I've told you this, when we were growing up around our dinner table, my dad would say, okay, before we eat, y'all going to have to say something good about your brother, or sister. We're going to go around the table. We sat in silence for a long time, some time, brother, I'm telling you, but we made it, and uh, but, so think about it. You'll you have plenty of time, all right? Exodus chapter 9, uh, we're going to begin reading verse 1. We'll read down through verse 12, found your place, Amen. Then the Lord said unto Moses, in unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of heaven, or excuse me, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go, and wilt hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle. Now you remember, the magician said the other day, it was the finger. Now uh, God's saying, hey, they're going to see the hand of God on this one. So it's getting a little worse. The hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep, and there shall be a grievous moraine. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh, and it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses sprinkled it upward, uh, sprinkled it up toward heaven and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. And the magicians uh, could not stand before Moses because of the boils. Well, that came quick, didn't it? Uh, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians, and the Lord uh, hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them, and the Lord had spoken, or excuse me, as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. Father, I pray, God, that you'd again be with us this afternoon as we continue our the messages, Lord, on the, the life of Moses, and God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to uh, take what you have for us this afternoon and apply it to our hearts and lives, and may we use it, Lord, to challenge our walk with you, Lord, and God, to challenge us to be obedient to you, God, as you uh, as you want us to, Lord, and there's uh, blessing and favor in obedience, and I pray, God, that you'd help us with that, and we thank you, Lord, uh, for your goodness to us, and this month, during November, may we, uh, God, not be bashful about just standing and just saying thank you, Lord, for being good to us, and we give you praise for that. Bless the reading of your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the ancient uh, Egyptians, and we've read about all this, they were a very idolatrous people. We can all say amen. They denied, rejected the only true living God. They believed that the spirit of some God, little g, lived in... And let me say this. <clears throat> if it's not Jehovah God, every other God is with a little g. Okay? Okay? Uh, so they believed that the spirit of some god lived in everything and in every area of life. For example, they worshipped everything from man himself, humanism, to four-footed animals and creeping things. But in addition to being idolaters, they were also a very uh, brutal people. Uh, they abused and enslaved not only the Israelites but other races of of people but the Israelites specifically and I believe because they bore testimony to the only true living God and God had been patient up to this point to with the Egyptians and uh, but it came to this place where he's been patient with them long enough and now God is demanding repentance and by the way he'll do that to all of us he'll be uh, uh, he'll be uh, oh uh, patient with us to a point But at some point, God, uh, His judgment comes. He will demand repentance. And if we don't do that, if we refuse like uh, the Egyptians, then justice and chastisement will come. And it's coming right now to the Egyptians. Now, God is not going to wipe them out. If you remember, God has already wiped out other races of people. Amen? He's already done that. But God is not going to do that to to the Egyptians. But God is going to chasten them by sending these plagues. And so God is ready <clears throat> to offer the Egyptians again, and I don't get this, that, but it goes along with the verse of Scripture that says, God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should, but that all should you know, come to repentance. Well, here we go again. Uh, Again, God has given these Egyptians an opportunity to repent. They've already, Pharaoh has already rejected God on several occasions, but again, God is coming back, and he's given him another opportunity to do the right thing. But again, God, we see this, that they're going to reject God. They're going to refuse to repent of their idolatry. They're going to refuse to repent of their enslavement of Israel. So God sends plague number five. Now... I want you to stay with me through these verses, and we'll get right through them. It's the plague of Moraine, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the first thing we see is that there was the declaration of God's word and God's will, and Moses is again going to go to Pharaoh and proclaim the word of God to him. And, and think about this. The message of Moses, it has not changed, not one bit. And in spite of everything that's going on around us today, listen, our message ought not ever change. Our method, listen, we still go out and do things the way God told us to, just like Brother Brandon gave testimony to about how someone put something on his door, and that's how he came. Amen. Amen. No, really, say amen. Amen. It makes a difference. So here comes Moses. Uh, He's, again, giving God's Word to Pharaoh. And if you remember, Pharaoh had cried out for deliverance from the last plague that God sent. And after God had removed the plague, what did Pharaoh do? He recanted. He didn't do what he said he was going to do. He didn't follow through with his decision. He refused to free God's people. He refused to repent. uh, And he refused to uh, stop brutalizing the Israelites. And so now God's patience is run out. And he sends Moses back to give Pharaoh and the Egyptians, uh, tell them this is what God's gonna do. He's gonna send another plague, but you can still repent. Now, isn't it ironic? I say ironic, but isn't it something that God continues to give people an opportunity to repent? They've seen the judgment of God in their life, and yet they still refuse? Well, notice that the Lord called, the Lord, what he did here, this is important. He called himself the Lord God of who? Look at it. It's right here. Wait, yeah, let's go back. He called himself the Lord God of the Hebrews. All right? Now, this is important. If you remember, 700 years or so earlier, practically every person on the face of the planet had forsaken and denied God. You're still are you still about 700 years. That's just a general uh, time frame. But God, being God, now watch, He will not or would not allow His purpose for man to be defeated. So, about 700 years earlier, God chose one man. One man, Abraham. And from Abraham, God created a whole new race of people who were supposed to fulfill God's purpose on earth. Still with me? Say amen. The new race of people were... Are still are are were the Hebrews at that time, the nation of Israel. The Hebrews were to be God's witnesses on the earth. Right. They were to be God's witnesses to the only true and living God. And by the way, we you come up forward a few hundred years and listen, uh, and uh, or several hundred years, and Israel didn't do that. Right. So God turned to the Gentiles. Yeah. Amen. That's us. Amen. Yeah. Right. But here at this time. God wanted the Israelites to be his witness, to be the witness of the only true and living God, and, and, and to be the, to, to the promised land he gave them. He said, listen, I'll give you a promised land. He said, I'll make you a great nation of people. He said, I'll make you a great body of believers, and it'll be down through the generations. But as with anybody body uh, of professing people, not all the Hebrews living during the Egyptian bondage believed and followed after God. Even after they saw the hand of God and everything that went on, some of them still said, no, I'm going to go my own way. How do you think we've got all these denominations today? How do you think we've come to all these belief systems that we have today? It's because somebody said, listen, they know what God says in this book, but then they say, no, I don't want to go that way. I'm just going to branch out over here, and I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to, you know, we, we've done this. I'm going to start my first church of Shelton. <laughs> Sounds like a good church. But they're heretics. <laughs> Amen. They go off on their own. And, and so this is what's happened. Listen, the, some of the Hebrews living during the Egyptian bondage did not believe and follow after God. But some did, and enough of them did that God still called them his people, and God still referred to himself as the Lord God of the Hebrews right here. And so to this the point of this is that Pharaoh and the Egyptians were enslaving the believers of that day, they were enslaving the very people who followed after God and listen, God despises slavery. We've talked about this a few weeks ago. God despises the oppression of any people he uh, He uh, uh, despises uh, the abuse of any person listen i'm I'm kind of old-fashioned. Uh, that if you abuse somebody, I, you ought to go straight to jail. Right, 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 right. Listen, God help us. Yeah. We've come to a thing wh- uh, where people get caught murdering somebody, and and they catch them red-handed, and are are abusing a child. Listen, and we think they've got to go through the court system, put them in prison. Right, yeah. and I'm not going to tell y'all. Be I'll be nice. There's kids in here, but I listen. I'm telling you. Uh, <coughs> What they do to people ought to be done to them. Amen. If you shed man's blood, by man shall your blood be shed. I guess that's called capital punishment these days. I'm not sure. Uh, But anyway, God despises the abuse of any person. But God especially despises the oppression of the very people who believe and follow him. Look in verse 1. So God says, we talk about all this in covenant. So God says here in verse 1, let my people go. He says, let them go free. Let them go free to live and to serve me. That's what God wants for them to do. That's why they're God's chosen people. And this truth here is repeated several times, and it reminds us that our freedoms and our blessings, our abilities are given to us primarily to enhance our service and our worship to God. Listen, God says you get saved, you have been sent free. Why? So that we can worship and serve an almighty God, just like what God's trying to get Pharaoh to do to his people. Amen. But the flesh ignores this, and the flesh wants to use these things for selfish reasons. We, and we need to examine our hearts as to our attitudes about our blessings. For example, when we pray for health, do we pray for health so that we can serve God better? Or so we can do the things of this flesh more? Do we pray for financial freedom, financial blessing so that we can give more to God's work? Or do we pray for those things so we can spend more leisure and pleasure on the carnal interests of this flesh? Yeah. You see, if we want to serve God well, then we must use our blessings primarily for His service. Amen. That didn't get a big amen. Listen, if God blesses us, we need to remember that God blesses us so that we can give to him, so that he can give back to us, so that we can give more to him, so that he can give more to us, so that we can give more back to him. It's a perpetual thing, not so that we can waste it on the selfish things of this flesh. So Moses, he's obedient. And again, he goes back before Pharaoh to deliver God's message. And, and delivering God's message is not always a pleasant thing to do. But it's always the right thing to do. It has to be done just as God said. Now, God didn't ask Moses if he wanted to go do it. He didn't say, now, Moses, you know, do your best to give this general idea of what's going on or what I want. No, God says, listen, you go back to Pharaoh and this is what you tell him. You know, when we stand before people, anybody that stands in this place and preaches to people, they need to just say what God said. Uh, but but they've changed that. And and so we, we just need to be obedient to follow instruction. Look in verse 2 and 3. It says, For if thou refuse to let them go, and wilt hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep, and there shall be a grievous moraine. Now understand that these two verses, uh, verses 2 and 3, is, the only, is only a warning of judgment to come, okay? Judgment has not come. And the Egyptian people still have time to repent. They still had time to heed God's word. And God tells Pharaoh about a plague. He tells them what is, what's going to happen. Pharaoh, listen, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is the plague that's going to strike the livestock, and God even told him what it is. It's called Moraine. This is a Hebrew word, it's Deber, D-E-B-E-R, and it's used and it means general diseases or plagues. It was a grievous plague. In fact, it, it was a, an attack on domestic uh, animals and plants. Some even believe that this was some form of anthrax, and anthrax is an infectious disease of warm-blooded animals. Now watch the flies that had infested the land. You know, before this one, they may have passed this bacteria onto the livestock. Isn't amazing how God works? God has a plan. God could have stopped it if Pharaoh chose to have stopped it, but Pharaoh chose not to. And watch, anthrax causes ulcers in the body, lesions in the lungs, and it also strike all the livestock in the fields as we're seeing here. This plague affected uh, the day-to-day life of the people. Listen, uh, um, uh, most of the industries and every family within Egypt uh, was severely affected they, they needed to listen to what God said. They should have listened to God's warning. How many times have you told your children, if you do that again? And it's like they're standing there with their fingers in their ears. And we start telling them as parents, if you do that again, you're going to get a whipping. Can I just... Parentheses right here. If you tell your kids you're going to give them a whooping, do it. Do it. Do it. Right. Don't don't let them make a liar out of you. Amen. Yeah, I mean, follow through. Yeah, you see what's happening here. God's about to follow through. How would it have been if God said, "Listen, if you if you don't do this, I'm going to send this meringue. And Pharaoh says, "No, I'm not going to do it." And then God doesn't do anything. Yeah. Listen, God says, I'm going to do this. And there's no need to bring God's judgment on them. You know how many times have we uh, brought God's judgment on our lives and and there's no need for it? Never is there a need for the judgment of God in our life, ever. Look in verse 3 through 5. We notice false worship here. It says, Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon the cattle. And we've read that. It's upon all of them. It's a very grievous moraine. Verse 4 says, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of, uh, of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is uh, the children of Israel, children's of Israel. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. Now, why was God sending this plague? Well, he's sending it because the Egyptians worshiped the animals of the earth. They worshiped animals. They'd taken some animals, they had molded their images into wood, they'd molded their images into stone, into metal, and they had created idols as symbols of the gods whose spirit supposedly indwelt uh, in these animals, and they worshiped these gods. They prayed to them. To me, that is the most ludicrous thing you could, uh, even just in my mind, that's crazy. How many of you have pets? How many of you pray to them? I hope, pray, you don't raise your hand. You know, I mean, I've had pets before. I didn't go to my basset hound, who we called Winston. And we had another one called Bogard, and I didn't go down and say, oh, great, mighty Bogard, please grant my wish. Now, wait a minute. It was a hound. It's crazy. Yet these people are praying to these animals. How crazy is that? They worshiped these gods. They prayed to them and, and, and they would, that they would take care of their livestock. You know, they prayed to them, asked them to grant good, good uh, crops in their fields, all kinds of things. They worshiped. One was the bull god, Ais, A-I-S. Another is called uh, Menevis. Another one was called Ptah. Another one was uh, Bakis, B-A-K-I-S, the bull gods. Another one was a cow god. Hathor, H-A-T-O-R, the, the ram god, Canum, the calf god, Ra, the jackal-headed god, Anubis. Listen, God used this judgment to rebuke the worship of these animals. It's a, it's a, a judgment against what they're doing. And so God says, listen, I'll show you. I'll just judge your gods just to let you know I am the only true and living God. Not these animals. In fact, if you look in Exodus chapter 20 and look in verse 4, I mean, again, God's judgment is to rebuke false worship of animals. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, Thou shalt make unto thee, uh, thou shalt make no graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. He said, Don't do it. How can you listen? You know why people carve out and make gods of their own? Because one, they can make the god they want. Well, I want him to look like this, you know. And and then if that god, if you know, well, they get to pray into their god. Maybe maybe it was Hathor, the cow god, and they said, oh, you know, grant me great crops and grant me uh, wealth and all this kind of stuff." And then it don't work. It's like I throw you in the I throw you in the fire pit. You know, I'm gonna throw you out here, and and I'll just carve me another one. Well, uh, that the cow god didn't work. I guess I'll just I'm gonna try out the ram god. You follow me? Listen, people create gods of their own because that's what they want. That's they want it to. They want a god that will do what they want. Listen, my God's not that way. My God is Jehovah God. He does what's best for me. He's seated on the throne of heaven today, and he does not acquiesce to me. I should be obedient to him. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 1. It says, Ye shall make you no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image. Neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Well, listen, that's pretty plain. God said, don't carve them out. Don't set them up. Don't stand them up. Don't do anything. Listen, he says, I'm the Lord God, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. I am Jehovah God. I'm the one you're supposed to worship. I'm a jealous God. Yeah. And so God said, don't do it. Look in verse 5 again. It says, And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. Now, God, the Bible teaches us, set a time. And I think, again, it's interesting that God gave them a day to think about it. God's warned them. He says, Listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to send this plague of Moraine. It's going to be, it's a grievous thing. It's like anthrax. I'm sending it tomorrow. So I'm going to give you a day to think about whether you want to send it or not. I mean, do you really have to think about that? Listen, Pharaoh had time to escape uh, the judgment of Almighty God. And by the way, this is the third time tomorrow is mentioned. You, got, you have it in chapter 8, verse 10, and chapter 8, verse 29. But how, the thing that gets me is that Pharaoh misused his tomorrow. He misused it. How many of us are guilty of doing the same thing today? How many times do we know that we have an opportunity to do the right thing? And God says, listen, if you, uh, I'm, this is what's going to happen, and if you don't do it, then I'm going to bring judgment tomorrow. And we think, oh, well, you know, well, it didn't happen today, so I'm good. How many times have my, did my dad tell me, listen, I'm going to give you a whipping tomorrow? And then I'm thinking... He'll forget. That day, I was the best kid ever. Oh, yeah. I did everything right. But the problem was that I didn't do the right thing when I should have done it. And judgment came. Yeah. Listen, Pharaoh has a chance to do the right thing. And and we come to church all the time. And and I, I don't mean this badly, but... And people, I say, I ask folks, in sincerity of heart, I say, how many of you have been serving God like you should? And hands are raised all over the building. And then I say, listen, if if the Lord's speaking to your heart, then you need to come. Talk to him about it. Why? Why do we do that? Do we think maybe we can get by one more day? Do we think maybe because judgment didn't come today, it won't come tomorrow? Not according to God's plan. Listen, uh, tomorrow came, and Pharaoh misused his tomorrow. Now watch, after each plague, you, you may think, well, it couldn't get any worse. Well, if repentance doesn't come, guess what? It gets worse. Listen, now watch this. These plagues are steadily getting worse and worse. This plague will not be outdone by the ones, uh, by the ones that preceded it. Listen, and the, the ones that follow will only get even worse. Look in verse 6. It tells us this plague was a very grievous moraine and that it destroyed the livestock. It destroyed every animal that these Egyptians worshipped. You know what God's saying? I'm God. Yeah. It says, all the cattle of Egypt died. I guess that means, I don't know, all of them. All the cattle. That's not just talking about cows. That's talking about all of them. Sheep, goats, whatever they had, they died. Cattle. That encompasses everything. They all died. But look in verse 7. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. You know what he did? He sent a spy. You know, God said that all the cattle was going to die except the Israelites. You go over there, and I want you to check in there and then see if them if they, if that's right. Go down there to Goshen, and you see if those Israelites if if that really if that's really what happened. Do we not do that? Do we, God says something to us and we kind of spy other people out that we think, you know, that God's done something for them and we think, you know what, I'm just going to watch them. They said that God would do this and this and this. I'm just going to watch and I'm just going to see if that's really true. Well, listen, if it comes out of this book, I'm telling you, it is true. God will take care of it. Well, Pharaoh sent some officials down there to investigate the cattle of the Israelites to see. And if you notice back in verse 6, it says, but of the children of Israel died not one. Not one. The guy comes back and he says, man, that's the craziest thing you've ever seen in my life. Listen, I went down there, no the cows, they're out there mooing, they're out there eating, the sheep are okay. He said, I walked around everywhere from one corner of their land to the other, and they are all doing fine. Well, isn't that what God said? Not one. And Pharaoh knew this was God. He knew it. God's judgment, think about this. Listen, it depends on man's response. And it can go one of two ways. God's judgment, listen, either you'll do better, you'll get in, you'll follow God, you'll do the right thing, or you'll get out. Or you'll you'll suffer God's judgment. I'll give you two good Bible examples of it. Remember Peter? Turn over to the New Testament a few hundred years, you'll find Peter, he's there. And the Lord tells Peter, listen, before the cock crows, uh, you'll deny me three times. And, and he got caught, and the Lord looked at him. And I'm telling you, the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly. It got him to the core of his soul. Now, Peter had a choice to make. He could have either got right, or he could have went away and stayed gone from that, per, that point on. God would have probably got somebody else to pe- uh, preach at Pentecost. But what did Peter do? Same thing Pharaoh should have done. Peter repented, yeah, and he got right. And as a result, Peter uh, preached at Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved, yeah. Pharaoh, Peter is an example of obedience. Pharaoh is an example of disobedience. Look in verse 7. Here's what it tells And Pharaoh sent, uh, and, and, uh, and, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead, And here it is. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. And he did not let the people go. Um, You know, listen, Pharaoh could have went one or two ways. He could have repented. But he didn't. He chose not to. And you know, folks, listen, I'm telling you, when you're in the will of God, doing what God wants you to do, and you're his chosen, God will take care of us. You see, God took care of his people. Not one of their cattle died. Not one. Can I tell you uh, that, that the Bible teaches us that God, will he, did he not say he would supply all your need according to his riches and glory? Are the Hebrew children any different than me and you as children of God, this side of the cross? Listen, no, absolutely not. We're his children. And if we will be obedient to him, God will take care of us. In fact, Malachi 3.11, it says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I don't think it would take this verse out of context if we applied it to our own lives as we give to God our tithes and offerings. Listen, just as God protected his people, then God will still protect us today. All we have to do is just be obedient to what he's called us to do. God protected his people of Israel in Exodus 9 from this plague and the last one, and God can and will do the same thing for you and me if we just simply act inside his will for our life. Pharaoh checked out the word of Moses about Israel's cattle. But even though the facts proved Moses right, Pharaoh still refused. He recanted and he didn't let them go. Isn't that typical of unbelief? I mean, they have contempt for the facts and they turn away as if they were given no facts at all. Listen, I'm telling you here, folks, listen, the facts, will the the Word of God will always be our plumb line. It'll always be our rule of faith. It will be here as long as I'm here, but it ought to be in your life and in my life. This ought to be what we go by. Christ gave an abundance of evidence, watch, that He was indeed the Son of God, did He not? He gave an abundance of evidence that He was Israel's Messiah, But unbelief demonstrated contempt for the facts. And you know what they did? They killed him. They crucified him. And even though the Bible states that truth plainly, listen, there are still those who deny it and turn away from it, even though they have the facts right here written down. You know, people will believe that there, and I've said this before, people will believe that there's an Abraham Lincoln. Did you ever meet Abraham Lincoln? I I knew he's a little older, but I didn't, you know. (laughs) Have you ever met him? Anybody ever met George Washington? Then how do you know they exist? I'm I'm serious, right? Right. Can't we apply the same principle to this? Why not? Listen, this is just as historical documents as, as that other stuff is. This is more so and more, uh, thus saith the Lord, and more true and factual than anything that's ever been written in the history of humankind. So why can't we just put the same principle to work here? You know why? Because the God of this world blinds the eyes and the hearts of mankind. People want, they are so bent on doing what they want, when they want, the way they want. The facts can stem right in the face, and they still turn away. The facts stared uh, the people of the Lord's day right in the face. He looked at them, and they said, Art thou the Son of God? And he said, Thou sayest. And then they crucified him, and they turned away. And people are still turning away right now today. That's exactly what Pharaoh did. Listen, this moraine, this, this grievous sores, it, 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 it's getting bad, and, and it's going to get worse. This is the, God is just getting warmed up, so to speak. But all Pharaoh has to do is right. Listen, you know what we need to do today? Right. Just do right. I had a professor in college that said, "Listen, if the stars fall from heaven, you do right. Do right." He'd take his finger and I mean, he had big hands and he'd point that finger out there and he'd say, "You do right." Can I tell you, listen, no matter what the world does, no matter what people around you do, you do right according to this book. And then you know what God will do? He may send a plague over there, but he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God help us. Lord, I love you, and I'm thankful, Lord, that you love us. Uh, Thank you, God, for the way you do uh, protect us and take care of us. Lord, I really don't think we will ever know this side of heaven Maybe not the other side of heaven. Lord, what you do to protect us as your children. God, there's no telling what you keep from us on a daily basis, Lord. How you rebuke Satan and his imps, God, in our lives. and So, God, may we just always be thankful every day, every moment of every day. May we be God-conscious as we walk through this life, as we go through our daily activities. But, God, if there's something in our life that we need to get right, God, Lord, judgment's coming tomorrow. God, help us not to misuse it. Help us, God, to take care of those things that we need to take care of today. Today's the day. Now's the accepted time. God, I pray that you'd help us. Speak to our hearts. Lord, use us. Strengthen us, God. Give this invitation, and I'll give you the praise, Lord, for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our brother Amen. Shelton sings a verse of invitation song, and, and as we stand, i